This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Hey, old cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Terrific, Josh. And I'm excited to be here recording on your birthday. So everyone out there in Always Cheating Land, wish Josh a happy, what is it, uh, 21? 21 years of age yeah, this year? I think it's my 17th, 21st birthday or something like that. Uh, yeah, thank you. That's, this is dedication right here. It's uh, I've, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I have said goodbye to my family. I've closed the door and I am talking the thing I love most to talk about, Brandon, which is the Bundesliga, my favorite of all the leagues. Uh, you know, I love uh, US, uh, USL. What is the U- <laughs> What is the second division of US soccer? <laughs> NASL. <laughs> NASL. Right. I, lo- I, love, I love it all, Brandon. I love all, all football slash soccer leagues. Uh, but the Bundesliga, Brandon, because it's the only league that's actually playing, is now my new favorite league. Uh, I watched, I consumed a fair amount of Bundesliga content this week, and I, I, I was double screening it for a while on Saturday. I hadn't done a, a double uh-huh. screen experience in months. Uh, I was watching the uh, the Dortmund, uh, the River Derby, uh, and I was also watching a little bit of the uh, Leipzig match as well. So it uh, felt like it was, it was really back. The fantasy thing added a nice element, but even without it, it would have been uh, a lot of fun to watch, don't you think? Yeah, I was excited for live football to be broadcast into my living room. It honestly took me a while to warm up to it. I'm not sure if it was the empty stadiums, me just not being familiar with many of the uh, players. Yeah, about 30 minutes into the match, I did text you and I was like, isn't this great? And you were like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the 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 standard of football just wasn't quite there. And, you know, my sympathies to all of these players, you you know, there are obviously Champions League quality uh, teams and players in the league, but everyone looked extremely rusty and it felt um, there was like an uncanny valley element to it. Yeah, I I, I do think that the. the no fans, you know, that that does affect the experience, I think, in a way. It, 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 it probably does color your, you know, it's like a it's like a house without furniture in it or something. You know, it's like you 
you can, t- you know, the uh-huh. it, like it's it's still a house, but it doesn't feel quite right. You know, it's like you can't quite imagine what it would look like when everything was in there and all the paintings were up on the wall. And, you know, it's so it's a little sure. like it's kind of bare bones, uh, you know, the experience. But I got into it pretty, pretty fast. And I, I think I was telling you, um, I, I, I sort of at some point I switched screens. I think my, my daughter commanded the TV at some point. I was watching on my phone. And then it was like it really felt spare, you know. But when it was on and um, I had like sort of just like the chaos of a normal household where it's on the TV and my wife's running around and my daughter's running around and um, the vacuum is on at various times, you know, just like lots of stuff going on. It, it felt pretty normal. It didn't feel very spare to me. And um, but, I, but, but to get back to your quality question, I, I do think that, I mean, I have happily watched any number of – you know, West Brom Norwich matches, uh, in my lifetime, you know, <laughs> matches that were, you know, at, at this exact same degree of quality that we were seeing in some of these, um, these early matches today. Well, I, okay. So I, I want to, I want to poke at that a little bit because I'm not convinced that it's the age old question of would the team that won the MLS cup, where would they finish in the premier league table? And, you know, generous, typically American fans would say, oh, somewhere mid table is some decent quality. We wouldn't say and that, but yeah, no, I think, I think <laughs> most, um, most other football fans would say, well, they would, you know, struggle in the championship, um, at the best. So, I do genuinely wonder how, say, Union Berlin would fare against Norwich City. And, I mean, I I co-host a Premier League podcast. I'm all in on the Premier League. I'm very biased. But I do think that even West Brom v. Stoke City, you'd see better quality than a lot of what I was watching in this first week back from the Bundesliga. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's really worth focusing on the quality part of it too much. I, I think, I mean, when you add the the gigantic caveat that, you know, these guys have basically all been like doing keepy uppies by themselves in their backyard for the last two months, you know, it's sort of uh, like, of course, of course, it's not going to be quite there yet, you know? So I, I, I feel like I sort of was, maybe I was just a little more willing to embrace the um, sloppiness of it than you are, you know? Um, yeah. and I think by the, but even by the second half of that game, I felt like the, the second, especially the, the third goal that, that Dortmund scored, maybe it was the fourth goal. Um, and Holland had kind of like, he, I think he flipped the ball over a defender. Um, and it was uh, right in the boot of, um, of course I'm forgetting the name of the player who scored, but he scored his brace. And, uh, I was like, okay, that is like Guerrero. A, Guerrero. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a very solid, well-worked goal. And it was, you know, so it, I thought that was it was a pretty high level quality, and so I agree that it wasn't there like start to finish, um, and it did feel like a little bit like a, like you're watching like a practice, you know, like a training ground match at times, especially with no fans in the stadium, um, and it really gets you thinking about what atmosphere, like how important atmosphere is. You know, um, in terms of the viewing experience, I mean, I, you know, I love college basketball, and college basketball is a, you know, a significant if not dramatic drop down from the nba right like you do not watch college basketball because it's better because it's not you know it's like if you want to watch the best players then there's their nba nba games on every single night and any random nba game is better than the best two teams of college basketball playing each other but it's you know it's the atmosphere it's the fans in the stands it's the players making dumb mistakes it's the crazy coaches it's the uh, fight songs and the bands and you know and so that's why i watch just because you know it also connects me with my you know where we went to school and all that stuff but um but i think it really is the atmosphere that keeps you coming back and so yeah without an atmosphere i guess all you really want is the highest quality sport right like the highest quality of competition and um and maybe it's just too much to ask this first week i mean we'll see right i mean do you think that it'll get Better or do you think? Are you saying that you just think the underlying quality of the Bundesliga <laughs> is not up to your uh, high standard? The word casual gets thrown. <laughs> the the word casual gets thrown around a lot on fantasy podcasts, and yes, I am I am peak casual when it comes to the Bundesliga. So, a what do I know? And b um, these are just initial observations of something that I know virtually nothing about. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty fair to say it will get better because yeah, I totally take the point that these guys have been isolated, quarantined, very little practice back with the team, strange atmosphere that's all going to feed into it. 
I did think like, oh, the overarching feeling was, wow, it was great to see some live European football broadcasting back. And you could see in a lot of the players, um, they were just excited to be playing around. I mean, you mentioned Holland and just, I mean, it helps that he's really just a young guy who is like realizing these incredible powers. But, you know, uh, the always cheating smile, smile while you play football gauge, he was he was excelling. And I loved seeing that. And I think um maybe that just points to there being some nerves with a lot of players who were just trying to figure out the new situation i do like you describing holland like he's spider-man um a young a young man just discovering his new powers and how to use them it says uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah i think uh yeah i'm trying to think of you know um and we're gonna have so just before we get any further i want to note that we have uh ronan murphy on the podcast this week he is a bundesliga writer for gold.com uh, Brandon, this might be the first blue check that we've had on the podcast, a Twitter blue check on this very <laughs> podcast. Uh, pretty, yes. pretty exciting. And I think, you know, hopefully he can give us a little more context on what we're seeing, what we should be watching for. You know, I, I feel like the one thing I'm missing, and I think you are too, you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday is, you know, I don't have a strong enough sense of narrative right now. You know, I know that, yeah. Bayern is the best. I know that Dortmund is the second best, most likely. You know, Leipzig is, is right there too, and the people don't like Leipzig because of the East Germany, new money type stuff, right? I don't know, you know, how much you mm-hmm. wave those two as separate things. Um, but what else? You know, like um, what other stories are we looking out for? What are the, you know, who are the relegation teams that we should be paying attention to? Who are the scrappy mm-hmm. new clubs that people are that, that, that maybe if you're just like looking to watch matches on the weekend, like who who might you want to root for or support, you know? And um, so hopefully he can help us sort that out a little bit. And I think that'll be for people who are listening too. you know, if you're not a big Bundesliga supporter, I think that if you have a better sense of the narrative, which is sort of a huge part of the Premier League experience, they're so good at that. You know, even mm-hmm. even if the narrative is like, you know, which it was for so many years, like, you know, can Arsene Wenger um, – I don't even know, you know, like, uh, can his, like, can his, like, uh, zip his coat. Yeah. Can Arsene Wenger zip his coat, right? The <laughs> weekly, you know, I, I don't know, like, I was trying to think what the narrative would be with him. It was just like, uh, can he like, right. um, keep managing without getting fired? I guess that, that was the story. Yeah. Uh, the last couple a of A lot seasons. of us, yeah. a lot of us Premier League fans are so entrenched in those Premier League narratives where it's like, it's like the WWE, it's professional wrestling, just short of Jose Mourinho having walkout music when he uh, comes out of a tunnel. And I love that. And I agree. I hope Ronan can help us with this, figure out what these narratives are to draw us in. And I think if people are listening this week because they jumped into the Bundesliga fantasy game, I think those narratives are also really helpful when you're looking to fill out a fantasy Bundesliga team because when you need the cheaper guys the guys from the mid-table teams and the lower table teams sometimes just looking at the stats and where they fall um, within the fantasy site stats table just doesn't tell you enough Um, so I I think the narrative is actually really useful when it comes to managing an effective fantasy team I think it's useful for fantasy it's just useful just watching too I think that um, you know and I I was talking about Dortmund and Bayern and and and, um, and Leipzig but you know I think what's what when you're watching the Premier League often the top of the table is settled and the real drama is at the bottom of the table um, you know the, the real drama is uh, can Aston Villa hold on you know and avoid relegation uh, is there any way that Norwich can string together enough wins to you know this is just the, this current season right but you know there's there's all sorts of stories there that are almost if not more interesting than the top of the table and i think that that even from fantasy or just from, the, from, from a um a perspective like, hey, I want to jump in over the last eight weeks and just watch these games. Um, you know, what should be, you you be looking for there? Is it like, you know, that you want to cast a lot with Werder Bremen, you know, and just, uh, you know, see if they can struggle to survive? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, I do like having a little bit of a rooting interest. Um, I mean, I can, I can just watch matches just for the joy of it. But it is, I like having stakes. I like having... Um, you know, even if it just kind of just kind of pretending, but like it's just fun to give yourself a little bit of personal like Michael investment Jordan over there. Yeah, exactly. Well, a little bit, you know, if it's like just like some little edge, like, OK, like this is my my story, my way of watching, you know, uh, yeah. the Bundesliga is that I'm going to be really pulling for um, 
Union Berlin uh, to hold out and avoid relegation this season or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. So I'm going to root for them and I'm going to root for against all the teams that are battling, you know, for the relegation spots with them. Um, yeah. yeah, there was a question here from Brandon from Gavin Doyle. He said, um, have you decided to follow a team? Uh, he personally decided to throw his lot in with FC Köln. So, Brennan, do you have a club? Is there a Bundesliga club that you're interested in or um, that you're kind of, um, I don't know, rooting for or maybe more interested than others? Yeah, Wolfsburg would be the team. And I've always been drawn to the color green of their kit for one and the Volkswagen logo. Um, you know, here we've been talking a lot about sponsors and kit sponsors and and all that the, the in recent weeks. But there is something undeniable about the shape of that vw logo on the front of their kits uh that i think is really cool and lots of players great midfielders that have come to from wolfsburg claudia reina we were talking about his son who plays for dortmund he mm -hmm. came through wolfsburg also of course kevin de bruyne before he came back to the premier league so wolfsburg is that team for me uh so we'll see if 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 i'm able to i still haven't seen them play yet um, and I, I think I've talked about this a few times in the podcast before, but uh, it's definitely Borussia Dortmund for me. Um, you know, they're only four back now, although they, they stayed at four back because Bayern did win today. Um, and uh, yeah, so just, you know, sort of, I, I just think they're a fun team to watch. They also have uh, Gio Reina, who is a young American. And so um, there's quite a, quite a few young Americans. Yeah, Claudio's son, who I was just, just talking yeah. about. Yeah. And so um, Claudio's son. So, uh, you know, Josh Sargent should hopefully play tomorrow in Werder Bremen's Monday night match. So um, hopefully we'll get a chance to see him as well as a young striker who uh, is, um, I don't really know. I don't really know how to rate him because to be honest, I've never seen him play a club match. Uh, so that'll be kind of fun. I'm actually going to record that match, Brandon, <laughs> and watch it on Monday night. That's mm -hmm. what, uh, that's where I, that's where I am right now as a, as a sports fan. So uh, final question <laughs> is uh, Roger Kendrick says uh, suggestions for better celebrations. Uh, didn't like the elbow dab, apparently, did Roger. So uh, ideas okay. for better goal celebrations, Brandon. Well, I think Buffettine B. Gomez, uh, his Panther crawling celebration would be a great way to go. Mm. You don't need teammates to do that. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, it feels kind of safe, though you are putting your hands all over the ground. Maybe <laughs> the other way to go is the the Aubameyang front flip you know you're you're just in the air you're not touching anything you're celebrating yeah. in the air that might might be the safest way to go i was thinking about being flip as well uh maybe they can't all do it uh maybe some of those like be funny to see like a big per motorcycle type try to do an abomiang flip mm -hmm. <laughs> we got like six five you know center back I was thinking you could do, you know, the celebration when a player scores a huge goal and they, they run away from their teammates, you know, and yeah. they like, they're like, just uh -huh. run off to the, you know, either they run to the coaches or they just run to the corner or whatever. I like the idea that you do that and your teammates run after you and you just, you never let them catch you. You know, you, you just keep <laughs> running like, you uh -huh. know, 200, 200 yards, just keep going around the stadium uh, until everyone's just too tired and nobody feels like celebrating the goal anymore. That sounds uh, epic. Think, yeah, that could be cool. Uh, How about so, pantomiming yeah. hand sanitizer? Like uh, your teammate <laughs> runs over to you. You've just scored and your teammate mimics like he's squeezing hand sanitizer yeah. into your open hands. And then the goal scorer rubs them together. I, I mean, the that's whole good thing because... The goal you scored was just so naughty, so filthy, so covered in virus. The whole thing is so absurd, right? I mean, it's like these guys are like bodying up. They're, you know, I mean, they're like touching, like the, the ball is like going off heads onto other heads, onto feet. It's, there's no way that like, if there's, if there's one infected person on that pitch, it's going to get all of them. There's no, like this idea that it's like, yeah. oh, like when a goal gets scored, it's like you have to like not infect them more or something you know it's like a, the odds are pretty good that if one player gets it the you know the whole team's going to so um yeah, i guess it's, i I, it could be, I think it logically it's obviously gonna get to them if it's gonna get to them but it is a public service announcement like for them to come back onto broadcast television and everyone around the world is watching this they do have to put forward this face of like if if all these young people watching these games, see them high-fiving, hugging and all of that. It's going to start to feel normal and okay. And they have to project this image to the 
public that's watching that these are still safe practices that we have to be vigilant about in order to help contain COVID. So I yeah, see why they're doing it just from a public service announcement sort of standpoint. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair that's a fair point. It's really um it doesn't look good if it feels like they're just flaunting the social distancing yeah. guidelines. Um you and I saw a real flaunting of that last night, didn't we? We, we, <laughs> we you and I had we, we had a good we had a respectfully social distance meetup. Uh but there was an actual mm-hmm. party going on next to us. It was like a it was kind of funny to watch it devolve as everyone was drinking. It was like people were had some masks on the first 30 minutes or so. And then it was like the masks went off and then they were all just sitting together. Yeah. And it was, it was like a slow like descent into, I don't care about, uh, I don't care about the yeah. risk. It was kind of, kind of wild to watch. And one of those people in that, uh, dangerous group of youths was wearing a Bayern Munich jersey. So it was kind of wow. like, yeah. we continue to be the center of the universe, Josh. Like everything <laughs> around us is just feeding into the podcast, yeah. our love of football. It's yeah. all there. It's hard to get high and mighty when you and I were doing like exactly the same thing. But, you know, it was still, <laughs> it was still surprising to see. It's, it's a weird time. Uh, speaking of I, there's no transition here, Brandon. Uh, speaking of weird, uh, Patreon for May uh, is suspended, as we all note. It will – you and I talked about this yesterday. Unless we have any news in the next week or so that the Premier League is going to be back in June, we're going to go ahead and suspend June Patreon as well. There's just – we're not – as long as there aren't matches, um, as long as we're not doing um, our you know twice-a-week podcasts – uh, we're not going to be charging patrons. Um, and so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if the Premier League is back and they say, okay, it's coming back June 15th or whatever, which seems very unlikely at the moment, uh, then then that may change things. But um, I'd say, you know, we'll let you know in the next couple of days, but I, it is almost certain that June will be canceled as well. Um, so that's, that's where we are with Patreon. However, uh, we do have this Bundesliga Fantasy League that is open to all of our patrons. And uh, our patrons can visit uh, patreon.com or you can visit patreon.com slash always cheating, whether you're a patron or not. If you're a patron and you haven't joined the league yet, uh, you're still welcome to do so. And uh, we put up a page, Brandon, you put up a page on there uh, with a link. And so mm-hmm. it's um, as long as you're a patron and active, you can just get in there and grab the link from there. Um, if you would like to support the podcast and pledge at any Patreon pledge level, uh, you get access to this league. And we had five new patrons this week. So thank you to Owen. So cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Uh, yeah, nice to have some, have some, you know, yeah, it was, it had been a while. Uh, so thank you to Owen, uh, Fergus Weldon, Samuel Bradbrook, Michael Hauser, and Ryan Fleming. Thank you to all of you. And uh, we do have uh, over 100 uh, patrons in our fantasy, fantasy Bundesliga league. So that's a, that's a cool thing. And um, yeah, I mean, fantasy Bundesliga, Brandon, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? What are, what are, what are your takeaways after one weekend of fantasy <laughs> Bundesliga? Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some really cool things with fantasy Bundesliga and there are some downsides. The cool things are the star, the star players. Uh, I love that I had Hakimi who plays fullback for Dortmund. He was my star defender. So he gets one and a half times his points and he ends up bringing in 21 points for me. And that's on top of getting also a star midfielder and a star forward. Now, it's it's less risky than the Premier League game where you're putting all your captaincy eggs into to one basket. So um, there's less juice in it. But I liked that I had more and more rooting interests in various games. So I had Lewandowski was my star man uh, up front, and he played Sunday for Bayern. And I was able then... So that's, that's I, I think the star player thing is cool in that you're able to have three, effectively three captains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that is kind of confusing is, uh, but it's also cool if you're engaged, is if you're not happy with the results from a star player or one of your players on Saturday, you do have the option to sub somebody in from your bench mm-hmm. for that bum player you do have the option to change your star player mid game week to somebody who hasn't yet played so there are these options to reward active managers and you can kind of correct things and and control a bit more which is fun it is fun it's sort of um it's sort of depends on whether you want that or not um 
I am sort of of the I like a, the the big tent idea of fantasy. This idea that it's sort of anybody can anybody can join, anybody can play, um, and I think this level of active engagement is. I mean, for, I'd say for anybody who's actually listening to this podcast, it is a plus. It's a net benefit. Um, but I don't really like when I play fantasy, I, I don't necessarily need it to be the best of the best playing. The, you know, it's like I I sort of like having a lot of friends in our mini leagues and a lot of people listen to this podcast who um, just sort of pop in. Right. And it's, you know, Friday night or Saturday morning and they they lock in their team and then they get to let it go and see what happens over the next three days. And this idea that, you know, before every single match, you can log in and you can change your formation, you can change your players, you can change your, you know, your star player captain picks. Um, it feels like a lot of engagement and um, it, it, it's as a, as a like as a change of pace. I like it, but I um, think in general that I actually prefer this sort of wind it up and let it go approach to fantasy it just feels like a healthier Mm -hmm. like a like a healthier way to do it yeah well one thing though that the bundesliga has solved that the fpl and the premier league hasn't solved is live scoring which has been amazing to see so your scores are constantly being updated and then you go into your mini league like i go into our always cheating patron mini league that has over 100 managers in there and Mm -hmm. in real time i see um, myself going up and down that table, which is so cool. The frustrating thing, however, with Bundesliga is if I see you're one point below me right now in the uh, in the fantasy table in Bundesliga, I can't click through to see your team to see who you have playing in the Monday fixture to know what my rooting interests are. So I think that there, I, some people might like that there is a mystery there and, and you don't know what you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly have become addicted to knowing which actions I need to root for uh, upcoming for my opponent's sake. So not being able to see uh, other people's teams in the midst of the game week is, is super frustrating. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like that either. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, I, I, I feel like in general, though, I, I don't want to be too nitpicky. I, maybe it sounded nitpicky before uh, the way I was talking about it was complicated. I, if anything, I think it's kind of fun that it is so different. I think that it's, it's a fun change of pace to, um, to just play something that's completely fully formed. I mean, to be honest, I, I wasn't hundred percent sure that there was a fantasy Bundesliga, like at least one in English. Um, and I, mean, I guess it's probably just translated for English for us, obviously, but um, just that there was an option for you and I to just go in and create a league like this. Uh, it was kind of, um, yeah. you know, just, it's, yeah, I'm sure they must have it across the board. I'm sure that like uh, La Liga has the same thing. Um, but just to jump in and the challenge of it makes it kind of fun. Although um, I was, I don't know about you. I was, it's like midnight on Friday night, and I was like, "Oh my god, I really don't know what I'm doing right here." Uh, I, uh-huh. I have, I guess, I have just enough players to have a like a full starting eleven. I got a couple. Ismail Jacobs did not play, Brandon, and that's um, I'm gonna have to live with that. Okay, for yeah, for the rest of my life, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Giovanni Reina uh, got injured in the warm up. Like I think it was like right after the match started, or like it was around the same time. Um, and, uh, yeah, classic fantasy moment too, because he's like the cheapy 1 million player that everybody brought in. And then, uh, he gets benched for, uh, Thorgan Hazard, uh, who comes in and gets a goal and an assist. So, mm-hmm. uh, Brendan, that is his classic. That's straight fantasy right there. my friend, that is, it's, it's in the DNA, yeah. the Hazard DNA. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about the, the transfer system in the Bundesliga fantasy game too, about how really quite quite odd it is it's kind of fun because like you were saying there are players as dirt cheap as one million so if you just need to fill one more slot on your bench and you don't have any money left there are players who will not play but you can you can fill out your team with those one million players but then you know Lewandowski is 25 million so there's a huge range but if you Mm -hmm. go to the fantasy transfer page we were talking about this yesterday, Josh, about how impossible it is to sort the available players. <laughs> You're given precious yeah. few options for sorting. Total points, season points average, uh, last match points, bank value, form, and popularity. You wanted to sort by saves, clean sheets, goals, assists, basically a, a lot of the stuff that means most in fantasy, yeah. it's tricky to do. And I guess that's what Bundesliga is striving for is to 
diminish isn't quite the right word, but to play down the importance of goals and assists. Yeah. Like my two Leipzig players, uh, Timo Werner and uh, Induku, I think his name is. Yeah, in You're thinking of Count Duke. Um, yeah, and, and, and Christopher Nkunku <laughs> is the player you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lee uh, wished he could have played in the Buddhist League. Fantastic, but they they got eight and nine points respectively, and they you know they didn't do anything as, as far as FPL is concerned. But mm-hmm. creating chances, having shots, um, winning duels resulted in those points so something that we talked about a bit on our new rules for fpl episode you know like two months ago now about wouldn't it be great if there were points apart from the bps system in fpl that rewarded players for those actions and that's something that bundesliga i think is getting right yeah and i think that you and i uh did a pretty good job all things considered i mean you're on 105 points i'm on 104 that Seems like a lot. I don't know. We're we're like in the top twenty five percent of our <laughs> of our leagues. Uh, I still yeah. have a player to play tomorrow. Two players actually. Uh, assuming my keeper actually plays, uh, Stefanos Capino for Vertebrem, and then I have Kai uh, Herverts as well. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, okay, let me just just to to wrap up, and we'll, we'll you know we'll talk about fantasy Bundesliga more uh, in in future pods, but. Just after a weekend, if there was one single thing that you could bring from the fantasy Bundesliga game into the fantasy Premier League game, what would it be? Is there one one thing that that's just immediately you're like, yeah, I wish we had this in the fantasy Premier League game? Yeah, mm, I'm tempted to be a little wild and say we should be able to captain three players in okay. FPL like you can in, in Bundesliga, but ultimately... I do think that it is those added that added layer of points given for actions that are not goal oriented. Yeah. I just think FPL has to do that. And I mean, granted it, it makes things slightly more confusing. It's harder to map like points to actions um, on the pitch as the viewer, but it's just so much more inclusive of so many more players and it creates a much bigger pool of fantasy assets to draw on. So I just think that that's the logical next step for FPL. Um, I like that too. I think that's, 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 that's a really good answer. It's probably, I, I just, just to be a little different though. Um, I think that I do like the, um, the star player system and I think what I like about it is, you know, so it's 1.5. So it's not the full, uh, it's not the full double points that you get for a captain in fantasy. However, ultimately, because it's 1.5 times three, you, it, it is a lot more points, right? It's 2.5 um, in total. So uh, but what I like about it, though, is it feels like there's a lot of room for some risk taking here. I think even if you uh, obviously you know, the way the star player thing works, you can actually swap those players out over days. And I, I as I noted before, I don't actually like that. I like the idea of just. Uh, setting things up and and watching them, you know, letting the chips fall where they may. But I think that if you had these like three captains like this in the Premier League fantasy, it would encourage people to be like, okay, you know, you wouldn't have to go just Salah every week or just Aguero, whoever like the form player is or whoever has the highest ownership. You kind of pick one of those players and then maybe you you go a little wild with – yeah, plus Trent, plus somebody else, and you know, like, yeah, I guess maybe maybe it just becomes the same three players every time, but at least encourages <laughs> a little more risk taking. I would think, you know, a little yeah, more. Like, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, like occasionally a Wilfred Zaha would get to be your star player in a way that you would really never do mm-hmm. um, in in kind of standard mm-hmm. fantasy if you're playing, you know, a certain uh, more conventional way. So. Um, yeah, I think those are both, those are both cool changes. Um, yeah, the ability to change before every match. Oh, I also like that you could change your team up until the minute the match kicked off. Um, you know, I, I don't really, you know, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of this, everything being locked in before the team sheets come out. It just doesn't seem like it's, uh, um, I've never, I've just never liked that. You know, like, like like if there's some, some crazy piece of news, then everyone should have a chance to react to that. I don't, you know, it doesn't feel like it's, uh, helping the game to have that as, you know, as part of it. All right, Brian. Well, I think we're going to talk a lot more about fantasy Bundesliga over the over the coming weeks. Uh, you know, especially until there's any news in the actual uh, fantasy Premier League game. So uh, let's take a quick break for now. Uh, we'll get back and we're going to talk with an actual an actual expert, Brandon, mm-hmm. as opposed to pretend experts like us uh, about the Bundesliga, and uh, that'll be Gold.com's Ronan Murphy. 
Brandon, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on right now, including the Bundesliga. You can still bet on simulated NBA, uh, NFL, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. Coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges. Wow, Brandon. Wow. A trio of 90s That's Bulls. Amazing. Yeah. Join them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary and what they're calling After the Dance. That's very cool. That's on Bet Online. So visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Yeah, Horace Grant, Bill Carter in particular, Brian, have been excellent on that Last Dance documentary. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Guys, are you looking to last longer? Maybe go an extra few rounds? Get to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. It's all one word, BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. And we're back. Brandon, we have a guest on this week's podcast. He's a senior producer and writer for Goal.com. Welcome to the podcast, Ronan Murphy. Hi, guys. It's good to be here. Cheers, Ronan. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, you must be a busy guy right now with the Bundesliga being on everyone's radar. It's the first European league to be back in action, and you're the one who knows quite a bit about it. So you've, you've, you've been um, covering Bundesliga for, for about how long now? Yeah, so I've been covering football kind of professionally since 2012, or soccer, as you guys call it, obviously. We do it here in Ireland, actually. But um, yeah, I've been covering, sure. I've been covering Irish soccer mm-hmm. since 2012, but our, we had a Goal Ireland inter- edition, and that kind of got subsumed into Goal International, and then I moved to Goal International and started writing about the Bundesliga, I think in 2016, maybe. So I'd already, I'd always had an interest in German football. My, my dad actually lived in Germany in the 70s. He was at the World Cup in Germany in 1974. So he must have passed on some some bit of that for me. So, oh, so I've always, always kind of had an interest in it. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been writing about it for, for four years. But it's been, been a bit of a, a small a niche market for us in, in goal and, and for me especially maybe for, for a while now. But just in the, this past week or past two weeks, everyone wants a piece of me, and it's, it's finally good that uh, <laughs> it's come to something. So, what I mean, you know, just looking at the the remaining weeks in the season, I don't know how much it changes because you know there's a, there's a, been a two month break between matches. But um, what are you following the most closely over the final weeks of the season? Like, what are the what are the stories that that you think are are sort of I guess I'm thinking through, like, you know, I'm sort of thinking about it through the lens of somebody, especially, you know, in America, there's just this massive surge in interest in the Bundesliga over the last couple of weeks and um, kind of spilling over into general, the general American audience in a way that um, any kind of soccer really doesn't usually. Um, and so I'm just curious, um, you know, if you were just sort of new to the sport, you know, what what are the storylines that are that are worth following over the, you know, the final, I think it's nine weeks of the season? Yeah, so the, the interesting things, I suppose, at the moment and the things that are probably going to be most widely talked about in the next few weeks are obviously the title race with Bayern Munich and, and Dortmund and, and Leipzig and now even Russia, Munch and Gladbach kind of in, in the, the race for the title, which is unheard of usually. It's usually either Bayern and Russia Dortmund or just Bayern Munich. And at some sta- some seasons, they would have already won the title by now. So the, the title race is, is a very interesting one, probably the most interesting one in a long time. And the, the other kind of main plot points and, and storylines that you will see is perhaps the young talent that's in the Bundesliga at the moment and whether they will move this summer 
obviously coronavirus and everything around that has made transfers kind of no one knows what's going to happen but there's huge storylines around whether Jason Sancho might join Manchester United for example Chelsea are also reportedly interested in him he's Borussia Dortmund's kind of star winger there's even Borussia Dortmund signed Erling Haaland in in January and he's already been talked about a move to Real Madrid you get Kai Havertz of Bayer Leverkusen Mm -hmm. he's on the move to to Bayern Munich so it's it's kind of, kind of around these these names, these young players, these under twenty one, under twenty three players who could perhaps move, and whether they're able to continue their good form that they had before the break, whether they can continue that into the summer and perhaps get a move to to a bigger club and move to a Premier League club. And and I I, I forgot to even mention Timo Werner, who's been flirting with Liverpool openly. He's he's repeatedly said that he'd love to join Liverpool yeah. and he loves Jurgen Klopp, and he's he's one that Liverpool fans maybe they probably didn't watch too closely but now that there's no other soccer on the television they're going to be tuning into RB Leipzig every weekend just to see A, how he plays and B, does he mention Liverpool again? Yeah. Right, right. It's true. There are so many big name players that are up and coming in the Bundesliga that you mentioned like Sancho and Werner and um, and, and many others. Holland, right. Uh, for those of us new to the league there must be a bunch of players who have been grinding and and scoring goals and playing great defense that we have just never heard of. So are there are there three or four particular players um, who might not even play for Bayern or Dortmund and the bigger clubs that if you're entering into Bundesliga fandom that you just need to know about and revere? Okay, so firstly, Claudio Pizarro is the, the first name on your list that you should know about. He's a striker who's been everywhere. He used to play for Bayern Munich a few years ago. He's with Werder Bremen at the moment. He's injured, so he hasn't played at the weekend. And I'm not sure exactly when he's going to be back. But he's in his 40s, and he's still playing top-level football in Europe. So he's wow. someone that you... Yeah, he's a, well, he's in his early 40s. See, he's just 40, 41. I think he plans to retire at the end of the season. But the fact he's still playing, he's still even scoring for Werder Bremen. He's the oldest scorer in Bundesliga history. And he's one of the top scorers in all-time goal scorers in the, in the league, obviously. So he's someone to keep an eye on. And I think it's in... It's like when, in, when Raul went to Schalke, right? That was like a seven or eight years ago. Uh, I, I, did Schalke make the semi, the Champions League semifinals or something that year? That was, um, I remember, but he was like 37 or 38. Um, yeah, it would have been so, yeah, it would have been his late 30s, all right. You know, he, he, it's not it's not really seen as a, a league for old-timers. It's, it's more a league for, for younger players. But there certainly is the, those sort of older players that are, are still kicking about. And maybe one of the oldest-looking players in the league plays beside, beside or behind um, behind Claudio Pizarro at, at Bremen is Davy Klassen, who was signed for Everton a few years ago, you might remember, and he did nothing at Everton. He, he barely sure. had a chance to play, and then he moved to Werder, and he's maybe their key man, and he he, he looks like a, a journeyman who's been around forever, but he, he's kind of making them tick, and for some reason I'm talking about two players from a team that are likely to get relegated because they're really struggling at the moment, but... The, the, it's those <laughs> sort of players maybe you should be you should be keeping an, an eye out for and perhaps at the other end of the, the other end of the table Byron probably don't have anyone that people wouldn't know Obviously Lewandowski he's he's been around a long time too Javi Martinez he's been around a long time but maybe the Byron Borussia Dortmund connection if, if you haven't been following Bundesliga so too closely you obviously know Matt Matt Hummels from being a World Cup winner with Germany but he has maybe one of the most interesting stories in German football because he was a Bayern Munich Academy graduate. He, he started off playing with Bayern Munich. He moved to Borussia Dortmund. He had success there, played in the Champions League final. He moved to Bayern Munich. He, and now he's back at Borussia Dortmund. So he, if he's going to make another transfer, it'll probably be back to Bayern Munich before he moves back to Borussia Dortmund again. <laughs> How do the fans react to something like, to a player like Hummels who who plays fast and loose with these rivalries? Do, is he much hated now by Bayern Munich fans? I don't think he is because of all he succeed, all he achieves at both clubs. I think both clubs kind of respect the player that he is. And there, there's obviously a certain amount of players who people who call him a snake or, or things like that. But because of the level he plays at and because he's such a consistent, reliable player and generally a nice guy, I think people are 
hold him in favor of late. Gotcha. So it's not a, not an Ashley Cole situation. Um, so that- yeah, Ronan, I wanted to ask you about one specific player who is become template in everyone's new Bundesliga fantasy team. Christopher Nkuku, who plays for RB Leipzig, and I hadn't really tracked him. Um, you know, I'd, I'd seen highlights of Leipzig and Werner um, out of the, my peripheral vision, but didn't know about his level of involvement. But he seems to be one of the star men. What's, what's his story? Yeah, so he, he didn't really get a chance to maybe maybe show what, what he was able to do with PSG, but no surprise because PSG just have so many good players. So Leipzig have a great scouting system. They, have, they tend to buy and sign young players that, that are either overlooked or on the cusp of greatness. And to Danny Olmo, they've, they've signed recently, and he's probably going to be another future star. But Nkoko, he, he just fit in seamlessly there, and he had four assists in one game earlier in the season, and that kind of put him on everyone's radar in the Bundesliga. But aside from that, he, he just keeps providing assists. And he, Julian Nagelsmann, who was with Hoffenheim before he was with Leipzig. He just has this ability to get the best out of players and bring them up to an extra level. Probably seen Hoffenheim fall back a bit after after Nagelsmann left. Even as a, even in the, the latter months as he people knew he was on the move anyway. And he's uh, working his magic at, at Leipzig at the moment and he seems to have brought the best out of Nkunku and out of Timo Werner and they are in a title race which many people probably didn't think that it would happen so quickly for Nagelsmann and Leipzig but they kind of look like the team that if anyone's gone to the throne Bayern Munich in the next next few years it will be Leipzig and they'll, they'll look to, to players like Nkunku because maybe Werner will have moved on and maybe Emil Forsberg guys like that will have moved on and Nkunku he'll be the kind of driving force with, with the, the dribbling ability and the, the kind of cleverness he has on the ball to find his teammates and pick out the right pass and, and unlock defences. So um I was thinking about uh, Leipzig a little bit. I know that they're they're a slightly uh, controversial club in the Bundesliga. Um, you know, for for multiple reasons, it sounds like. I mean, there's the East German thing, and there's the um, um, just the kind of new money, you know, and the sort of the fifty plus one rule, and they're sort of you know kind of walking up to the line. It sounds like maybe not quite not quite breaking the rules, but by getting very close to it. Um, but if someone were new to the Bundesliga and, you know, a lot of people, when they get into a league, they really want to pick a club to support. Um, you know, is there, are there a couple of teams that, um, that you think just sort of stand out? Like if I were just, you know, following the Bundesliga for the, you know, for the rest of the season and then hopefully, you know, from there, future seasons, um, are there a couple of clubs that you think are um, exciting or you know, maybe especially attacking or or any any number of reasons why someone might support a club. Are there a couple that stand out to you as kind of fun, interesting you know clubs in the Bundesliga? I suppose the best reason to support any club in the Bundesliga is because you're going to go to the home games. And the cities and the fan culture and everything is so special in the Bundesliga, but obviously because the things are, are the way they are at the moment, that's impossible. So I think a lot of people will be maybe tuning in now and wondering whom they might they might support and they might have followed some Twitter polls or some advice from club social media accounts and stuff on, on, online to, to figure out who they might support. Leipzig, they, they would be an interesting team to, to follow, but any hardcore Bundesliga fan who's been supporting the league for years is going to hate you for it just because of the history, like you mentioned, <laughs> see them as a maybe a, a commercial organisation rather than a football team. But uh, if I was to to recommend some teams maybe to keep an eye on. Borussia Mönchengladbach would be a good one. They have a, an interesting coach in Marco Rosa. Rene Maric is his assistant manager. They have a great attacking lineup with Taram, Playa, and Bolo in, in attack, Stindl in behind. They uh, they have young players. They have players that we probably see playing in bigger leagues or in for bigger clubs in the future, like Dennis Zakaria and Remy Benesayabi people like this and they're just a, they're actually in the, in the title race at the moment and because of that they would it's interesting to follow a, a team that's winning obviously and Bayer Leverkusen they're just one they're just well they're two places behind Borussia Mönchengladbach now after this weekend's games and they are all, they are also an interesting team to follow because they're just so attacking they, their coach Peter Bosch he kind of seems to forget about defence half the time and they, they could play a match on a weekend, they could have 60% possession, but they could, or 
or 80% possession and they still could lose 2-0. They, in the same match, they could play it again the exact same way and they could win 4-0. So they, they're probably one of the most entertaining teams to, to watch at the moment just because they're so unpredictable. And the fact that they are in, a, in, in the race for a Champions League spot, it kind of makes them makes them more palatable for a fair weather fan who maybe isn't going to stick around for long run and wants a few wins between now and the end of the season. I think journalists love it when uh, they're asked to make predictions. Um, it's just a real part of your craft. Um, what what are the odds, though, that Bayern Munich slips and they let this title um, get away from them? I mean, would would you be surprised if that were to happen this season? I probably wouldn't be surprised any other season if it happened. I just kind of expect Bayern Munich to win, even when other people are predicting that Borussia Dortmund might have a better chance or maybe even Leipzig We've seen people even predict Bayer Leverkusen and win a few seasons ago, but I always expect Bayern Munich to win the league. I expect them to win it again this season. But I think the one thing that maybe makes it different at the moment is the fact that the, the, the league has come back after this break. There's been no pre-season friendly kind of matches to build up match fitness. So teams kind of are unpredictable at the moment. There's no fans in the, ground, in the stadiums to maybe to make atmospheres more intimidating and, and that sort of thing. And it's kind of difficult for teams that are going to away matches, especially if they're going a long distance because of the coronavirus restrictions. It's kind of an unusual situation that you can't travel. The team can't all travel together. You have to ride separately, stay in specific hotels, have to go up and down the the day of the match. Things like that kind of make for a more unpredictable season, which is probably good for the supporter watching on television and maybe makes the league open for, for someone else other than Bayern Munich to win. But if you're asking me to make a prediction, Bayern Munich can win the Bundesliga yet again. Right on. And, and what about at the at the bottom of the table? Are there um, any interesting relegation uh, matches to watch? You know, maybe clubs that are. I, I know Werder Bremen is is at risk, which is um, I think a little. I don't want to pretend that I'm any kind of expert, but I think that's a little unusual, right? That they're that they're a relegation risk. So, um, are there some relegation yeah, uh, matchups or, or you know stories down there? Yeah, de- definitely. I think Florida Raymond definitely is the, is the big one this season. As we've seen in previous seasons in the Bundesliga, no team is too big to go down. We had Hamburg and Stuttgart go down in recent years. And they're gigantic clubs to, from huge cities. So it, w- it wouldn't be surprising for a team like Florida Raymond to go down just in, historically. But with the, all the talent they have, they just have been hit by injury so much this season and they, they just seem to haven't found a way of playing together to results in wins and they've just been atrocious and it, it kind of the way they've been playing at the moment it's hard to see them staying up so that's the big thing the big narrative down there and I suppose aside from that Paderborn they seem destined to go down unlike maybe many other teams in, in other leagues they were promoted last season but they haven't played like a team that that is a promoted team they don't sit back in and defend against bigger teams they go and attack against everybody. and They're kind of an exciting team to watch. They only have four wins this season, but they, they put, the, they put the, their attack against everybody. They, they try and score goals against everybody. They, they play the same kind of attacking style. They, they, they try to, to play games. and Because of that, they, it makes for interesting football matches when you watch Paderborn. And it's just that their players perhaps aren't good enough for the Bundesliga. It's the reason that they are probably end up going, guaranteed to go down. Well, it sounds like a miracle then that my fantasy goalkeeper, Zingerl from Paderborn, got me a clean sheet this week. Um, maybe I should just take that and run all the way to the bank with the Paderborn <laughs> well, Br- goalkeeper. Well, Brennan, I was thinking you're as a Fulham supporter, Paderborn might be your club, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Attacking, doesn't win a lot, not quite good enough for the Premier League. It's really, <laughs> it could be a match made in heaven uh, between you. Uh, you the thing about Bundesliga, the fantasy Bundesliga game, clean clean sheets aren't necessarily that great for a goalkeeper. You're probably better off having goalkeepers at, at bad teams because they'll face more shots and you get loads of save points compared to the Premier League game, for example. Yeah. So having someone like Zingerle is um, could be a godsend and, and the fact he's so cheap. So you, you really want to spend cheaply on goalkeepers and spend the big money elsewhere. Yeah, I... I went with the the Schalke keeper, and that one really uh, that one hurt me this week. Uh, he was a negative four. Marcus Schubert, uh, negative four points. Uh, so uh, yeah, lesson learned there. 
Yeah, the, yeah. the narratives, particularly at the bottom of the table, I, Josh and I were talking about this earlier in the episode, they're really informative and instructive for fantasy teams because, like you're saying, Ronan, sometimes those players who are in the heat of it, like Paderborn players, are going to be the ones that eke out some results for cheap prices. So that that's cool to see. It looks like we have a handful of listener questions here, Josh. Yeah, um, so we've got yeah, we've got three listener questions here that we grabbed. Uh, we got a bunch, but we, we threw a couple at the top of the pod too. So, uh, first one comes from uh, from FPL Chancer Dan. He says, uh, um, "The question for you is, is how did you find watching the closed door matches over the weekend?" So, and you, you know, what are your takeaways from from a weekend of closed door matches, Ronan? Did, did, was it um, was it, you know, um, I don't know, like, did, did you enjoy it? Was it kind of, was it, was it too strange to enjoy? Like, what was your, what was your, you know, feeling watching the, the matches this weekend? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it because I suppose I enjoy watching the Bundesliga anyway. So these players are familiar to me and these teams are familiar to me. And I enjoyed having football back on the television, but it kind of was surreal at the same time just to, to see it back and see it back without the passionate supporters that the Bundesliga is kind of famed for. So it was different in that context and, and being able to hear the players talk to each other on the pitch and shout at each other, the, the coaches to kind of give instructions and to kind of hear what's going on there and to hear perhaps some of the players abuse each other was also entertaining as well. We had an interesting <laughs> incident with uh, Jean-Claire Tadibo, the Schalke defender on North Barcelona, uh, make a, a disparaging comment about Erling Haaland's grandmother. So uh, that was also an entertaining one over the weekend and as well as that, Hertha Berlin's goalkeeper, Rony Jarstein, he saved the shot with his manhood and made a, 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 a exclaim with a, with the F word in it. So that that was a, something that you wouldn't normally see otherwise, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we've missed live sports broadcasts so much, is, is you never know what's going to happen. One other, I guess this is a more serious question, but I think it's an interesting one. Uh, Eric Freeman says, uh, many club supporters and ultras are not in support of the Bundesliga's return, um, at least not in this format. Um, can you uh, talk a little bit about the the controversy with the ultras? And, and I, I don't know, you know, how, I actually don't really know um, how it played out this weekend. I guess you didn't have any protests at the, outside the stadium as far as as far as I know. But, you know, what what is the situation with the ultras right now? Yeah, so they're they're definitely against the idea of football coming back because they see it as a commercial endeavor. So it's all about making money rather than the clubs and the cities and the towns and the kind of fan culture that's around it. So they're strongly against it. I had an interview a few weeks ago on Goal with, with a, one of the board members of Unsara Corva, who are a, a collection of of fan groups. So they like it's like a, essentially a union for fan groups where they all kind of join together and because they join together they're able to speak better to the dfl and kind of get their their protests heard and they're really strong against it these series of statements as well saying that they don't think it's a good idea it's bad for safety for one thing and it's not real football without the fans they've even said that that football is nothing without fans was kind of the tagline that they were going with so the, the hardcore fans they are against the idea that that it's come back because it's, it's obviously only for money it's uh, it's for our entertainment as well, but they wouldn't be they wouldn't be playing football. They'd be erring on the side of caution, and they'd, they'd be worried more about the, the player safety if it, if it wasn't for all this TV money coming in. So we we obviously have a lot of English listeners because we talk primarily about the Premier League. So we got a fair amount of questions. Everyone wants to know about Jaden Sancho, Jeff Wauwschma in particular wants to know why Sancho didn't start for Dortmund against Schalke this weekend. Just generally, though, uh, we don't watch a lot of Jaden Sancho apart from what he does for the England squad. And it's really interesting to see a star England player not playing in his domestic league um, and really making his, uh, his career over in Germany. So yeah, why why do you think that he he didn't start against Schalke just just um, because he maybe wasn't up to full fitness during the break and and then is there is there any chance that he sticks around the Bundesliga for another season or two? Yeah, so firstly, it's a, he was carrying a bit of a knock, and that had been mentioned kind of in the in the pregame reports, and it was kind of discussed that there might even be a chance he might play at all. So I think it was it was a fitness issue more than anything else. It, there wasn't. 
there's kind of no doubt that Jade Badger will come and play every week if he's fit. It doesn't matter with the transfer speculations around him. He's going to play regardless because he's Borussia Dortmund's most important player, maybe on a par with Marco Rice. So if he's fit, he's going to play. So it's just that he wasn't fit enough to start at the weekend, and that's why he didn't line out. I do think there is a chance that he will stay at Borussia Dortmund because just the amount of money that Borussia Dortmund are looking for him, you could be talking about more than 120 million euro or 100, 100 million pounds. Because of that kind of figure in today's market, it's going to be hard to see any team spend that sort of money until they figure out and it wasn't exactly the future for football holes in the short term. So it wouldn't be surprising if he did stick around unless there is a team, unless someone like Man United are kind of willing to spend that sort of money. I think Borussia Dortmund would be happy enough to keep him around. They have no problem keeping him. They're going to haul out as long as possible for as much money as possible. So they're in order to sell him. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens this summer with... Uh... Uh, well, we don't even know when the Premier League is back, uh, so it's you know kind of hard to even know what the transfer market's going to look like over the summer or fall or 2021, whenever whenever the window actually <laughs> opens up again. Um, so, Brandon, do you have any final questions? Any anything that we that we didn't cover? Um, yeah. Okay. So picture this, Ronan. We're at a bar in I don't know. Let's say Berlin. And we're watching a broadcast of football. What is the one German phrase that I should know to yell at the TV? Whether it's some, whether some, something good or bad has happened. What's, what's like the fun? I'm a Bundesliga fan catchphrase that we need to know. Um, I think the most obvious one that people will will shout around the world when any goal is scored is goal, and if that's tour in, in German. It, it means the goal itself, this access corner goal, and also a gate. So if, you, if you're if you in Berlin and you decide to take a, a walk outside the pub after the match is over, hopefully you won't be too drunk, yeah, you might walk down to the Brandenburg Tor, the Brandenburg <laughs> Gate, the mo- one of the most iconic places in in, in Germany. So uh, I think that, that's that's the most obvious one, obviously, that, that's what you're going to gonna shout shout when there's a goal scored and it's also probably the name of the best book on on german football history uh, uli hesse his his book book on, on german football history and the history of Bundesliga is called tor as well so that, that's the one to keep an eye on is there anything that's like a screw bayern munich in german anything that uh if i want to if i want to express <laughs> my displeasure at bayern munich is there is there anything i can yell out uh in german that i should know um I don't. I, there's nothing that's, that's just jumping out for me. That's apart from swear words, which, which probably isn't what I'm going for. I'll just say it in the, English then. You know, it's that, fine. That, 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 that's always the, the first thing that comes to mind when you're when you're angry about something. But uh, I don't want to. I don't want to maybe maybe annoy too many Bayern Munich fans if there are some tuned in. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, no, I mean, I I admire the club, but it's uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going all in on on Dortmund this season, so. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for some slip-ups uh, to come from, from Bayern. Uh, well, Ronan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, and you know, I think everyone is listening to the podcast. Uh, I mean, just even just small things like like knowing how attacking Bayer Leverkusen are, that wasn't something uh, that I knew uh, going into this conversation. So um, really interesting. And so thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Ronan. And if you're interested in re- reading Ronan's coverage of the Bundesliga, you can find him at goal.com. And we'll link to your Twitter, Ronan, in the show notes here. You can find Ronan Murphy on Twitter at swear I'm not Paul. So don't call Ronan Paul when you meet him in person. That's happened a few times. That's where the name comes from. Okay. Yep. So you can find him. You can find him on Twitter. Hit him up. And uh, yeah, uh, I've actually been. I've been. I've been sort of. Your, your Twitter feed has been invaluable to me over the last couple of weeks. I try to compress uh, a year of Bundesliga fandom into like you know three days or whatever it is. So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Cheers. All right, Brendan, that's your pod. It's fun to have actual content to talk about matches and upcoming matches and storylines. And uh, this it's is what liberating, I was, Josh. It is, gotta be honest. It is liberating. My, I can tell my daughter is liberated because she is screaming <laughs> in the background right now. So uh, once again, if you want to join our fantasy Bundesliga league, it's certainly not too late. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating to become a supporter. The fantasy league is open to supporters at any pledge level and the winner gets anything they want from the always cheating shop. And Brandon, you said you were making some changes to that shop this very week. So I'm excited to see mm-hmm. those. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, I was uh, crafting a few new T-shirts and a new mug. Ooh. So we're gonna we're gonna have those up in the shop soon. And uh, yeah, as you say, the winner gets their pick of the litter. Yeah. And every week, we do like to thank our producers via Patreon. So shout out to Trevor Ingerson, Mike DiPietro, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Chris Carter, Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bobas Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Jazz Binning. Dave Wagner Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Frederick Keen Gransky, Travis West, Alan Creasy, Victor Forberg Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine Lelang, Stian Niehaus, Barry McGuire, Peter Bodigtel, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Andy Martin, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, FPLmerch.com, and James Conroy. I really enunciated through those pro- for, uh, producer it's credits, a, it's Josh. It's a nine-minute read there. It's very impressive. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, but it, it, every now and then it's nice not to just blast through those. So, yeah, thank you sincerely to all of our producer patrons. Uh, Brendan, you can uh, find the podcast. You can rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we got a new review this week. Did we not? I feel like we just got a new review on the uh, iTunes store. Um, I love five-star reviews. No haters, only lovers uh, that's right. uh, in our ratings. That's right. Uh, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, anywhere that podcasts are found, you should be able to find ours. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Hail Cheaters. That's H-A-I-L Cheaters. Instagram is also Hail Cheaters. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. You can email us with any questions, thoughts, rants, you name it, at HailCheaters at gmail.com. For all this and more, visit our website, AlwaysCheating.com. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me in this week's special My Birthday podcast. I didn't lean into my own birthday too much, did I? Really, um, I, it's very I, unlike you. Yeah, yeah, it is it unlike me. Actually, I'm pretty vain when it comes to my own birthday. My favorite story of Josh, or just not the story, but my favorite part about you is when we walk into a bar, you immediately size it up for a birthday party. I don't it's know true. how many bars I've walked into with you where you say, you know what, this would be a great place for a birthday party. I so still think it that saddens me yeah. that we're not able to do that this, <laughs> this year for you. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do like a, I'll do like a half birthday thing in November or something. And I, I like we'll go to our court. Yeah. We'll go to our quarter full bar and enjoy it. So uh, thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast and hopefully we'll have some premier league, back fantasy or not just give me some premier league back um as soon as you can i'm excited to get back to it and uh yeah we'll talk to you soon afida san Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.